I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome along to the Wiseman's Here podcast. Four-man studio tonight. And uh, joined by Tom Lint. Been a while, Tom, since you came, has it? Yeah, a few weeks, yeah. First of the season, or not? Second. Second, Second. I think. I should pay attention and log these, shouldn't I? Come up <laughs> with some sort of constructive yeah. plan as to who's in next. But yeah. as you all probably know, I don't do that at all. James Hunter's here as well, probably about the millionth time you've been on, James. Uh, not quite the millionth, but I'm not so far behind John O'Shea and 400 <laughs> Premier League appearances. Well, take it as a compliment, don't you? We keep asking you back on. That's it, yeah. Oh, Gary Spalling. Right. Uh, Gary Spalling joins us as well for his second... Second time, Gary, is that right? Yeah, we've been beat again. Yeah, you'll have to come close to the mic for me there, Gary. I'm not going back to edit this out. This is all improvised. Okay. So, um, as you said there, James, before we started, the the best chat start before the game. Um, Overall impressions of the game? Uh, I think, um, you know, it was was Sunderland's best chance of, uh, of picking up points before the turn of the year. Um, it was it was a game that when you look at the the three games they've now got against Chelsea, uh, Man City, and Liverpool, this was the the game against Watford that they had to target at home. Um, there was no um, uh, there was no better opportunity um, for them to pick up points, you know, before the before 2016. Uh, so it was a, a big opportunity missed. That's a nice. The present start, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, let, let's cheer you up. <laughs> let's see what Sam says. You can't legislate for an own goal, can you? You know. Um, Sadly, it slips through, uh, you know, through uh, Costell's legs, like you know, and it's a, it's a bitter blow from us. It took us a long time to recover, by the way, I may say, uh, to change the shape of the team to try and get us passing better. Um, the, the conditions were being mastered by the opposition better in the first half. We did get better. We changed it, but second half was a different story. And when I come off at the second half and look at the, the, what we've done and look what we've done in their final third and the amount of chances we've had and the attempts at goal we've had um, the brutality is that we haven't scored and should have done He sums the game quite well Sam doesn't he in one, what was that 40 seconds or something and the story of the game's come right out there isn't it and I guess Tom we, we automatically everybody uh, thinks about the change Sam made quite early on the, the three centre halves we're going to get into in a little bit um, as to how well that works in different situations but he did make the change quite quickly you give him credit for but of course the problem was Watford had already scored by that point and had their goal to protect yeah I mean we, we had to, because of injuries and stuff we seem to play like a different system and I think it, it, it sort of shows our transfer policy a little bit when you had to start the game with uh, Billy Jones playing at centre half I think that um, Kabul's you know done really well for us the last few weeks and he was, he was a big miss but he does seem to be unfortunately a bit injury prone you know he seems to be doing three or four games and then he, he's missing so I think in, in January, if centre-half is going to be a priority signing, because if anything happened to O'Shea in particular, I think we'd really struggle. You know, I think at the moment there's um, two or three players, O'Shea being one and, and Villa, um, keeping the team together when things aren't going too well. But at least, as you say, he did make a, a substitution pretty early on, because I think that's been a complaint with previous managers that they've waited too long to do things in, you know, during the game when things aren't going well. Um, but it did, I think, the, you know, the early... 
conceding the early goal was a was a massive blow, and I think there was some stat that came out of the weekend that it's about four or five years since we've come from behind to win a home game. Okay, a couple of things on on that, uh, Tom. You just mentioned Jones's inclusion. Um, it didn't help him playing where he did. Everything was coming down that side, uh, but the other side of it is, I think this three centre halves with a with a four man midfield like we saw at Arsenal. You can understand it against Arsenal. Mm-hmm. Um, at home to Watford, I'm not sure that it was a little bit wasteful to have three centre halves there, as well as everything coming down Jones's side. Yeah, I think there was there was a few things that happened on Saturday that um, you know a lot of fans were a bit concerned about. I think the other thing was Defoe. Um, not starting the game I think he's, he's goal scoring record in the Premiership warrants him basically starting every game particularly in our position I think if you keep bringing him in and out of the team you know he, he might never say it but it will affect his confidence a little bit and he's probably you know, wondering why a player with his sort of pedigree isn't, isn't, isn't starting every week because we're not exactly sort of over blessed with uh, natural goal scorers and he, he is one Yeah it's interesting that uh, Gary as well I wonder what you think about it because I think we've lost sight a little bit of why we're playing these three centre-halves and, and then the most positive outcome of that was because we had two strikers on the field now you can understand them keeping the back five because we're defending a lot better when he goes to as I said when he goes to the Emirates um, and, and play the way he did at home to Watford if you're going to play a three, if you're going to play a three at the back you need two strikers on the field and he didn't do that and I think there was a, something an opportunity missed there yeah, definitely. Um, I'm sure he's expecting Tyvenant to get up there and help as well. Like obviously with his height and physical presence, but he's he's playing deep as well, so it just didn't look, it didn't flow as well as it has done in past weeks for me anyway. When I looked yeah. around the pitch, where was he playing, well, James Tyvenant? Well, he was playing he's playing a deeper role. He's playing next to um, 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 Villa, wasn't he? I mean, it was more of a three-four-three than in anything else mm. um, at the weekend, which is. Uh, uh, obviously, to try and get Watmore in in there as well, up there with with Fletcher and and Barini. Um but you could see that they kept getting forced back, and uh, and Toivonen wasn't able to get forward. Yeah, the uh, shape didn't help at all, did it? No, no. Um, but yeah, I mean, Allardyce deserves credit because he spotted straight, well, pretty quickly that mm. uh, it wasn't working, and decided to change things. Um, you know, a lot of managers will just carry on and and you know be stubborn about it and say no, this is what I've prepared all week. Uh, but he made the change, made it early. Um, and Sunderland improved from from there. Suddenly, Tom, we 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 say we look a little bit better at the back, but it was a little bit alarming how 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 could I say it? advocate like that defend <laughs> that defending was for that goal. I mean, it was yeah terrible, well, wasn't it? W- once again, you know, it came down the left hand side of the pitch. Um, it, it, it's probably not fair to point fingers at individuals because I, th- I I think the team generally, you know, the first twenty twenty five minutes in particular, just looked quite nervous. Um, it was just disappointing to see after the way we've played that you know the last few weeks, particularly at Arsenal, although we got beat three one, you know we're playing a, a pretty good side and on another day could have could have won easily on basic chances. Um, obviously the you know the Stoke and uh, Palace wins were probably against the grain. I think in both games if we'd drawn them, you know people would have been relatively happy. So I think people were thinking we're maybe getting on a little bit of a roll here, um, and and now we've gone backwards. Allardyce also called it the six-pointer before the game, which is probably a little bit unfair on Watford. They were almost mm. out of any They're sort of relegation fine, trouble they? already. Yeah, because uh, credit where it's due, Watford. I, th- I thought even when we start getting on top, James, they close down Sunderland's space very well. And you're watching a side there that aren't going to be in a relegation battle. Uh, no, I mean they're three quarters of the way towards safety, aren't they? With 25 points already, with uh, less than half the season gone. So uh, you know they're well on the way to towards safety. I don't think they'll have anything. To worry about, you know, come come May. But just interesting what you're saying about the formation. When you look when you looked at it, it shows how how important Kabul 
is to to Sunderland in the in the current system in that three at the back. So do you think playing play, playing Billy Jones as an emergency centre back, playing a right back as a left sided centre back on the three, and yet when you saw the goal go in, it was Quartes that was over mm. by the uh, by the near post where you'd think the left sided um, centre back would have been. It's interesting now what you're saying because the, the, I've saw sort of two different views on this. So you're under the impression, do you think then, that if, if Kabul was fit and he played, that system would have been OK? Because to me, the system looked generally bad. I know I understand where people are coming from, that, that Jones isn't the right player to play where he was. But at Holton or Watford, I just, I just did, it just didn't look right to me. It looked far too rigid and, and defensive. Uh, you, you might be right, but I don't think Sunderland would have conceded that goal had Kabul been there, which means you might okay. have been able to see it wasn't working and change it while it was still nil-nil. OK, interesting. I'd like to know everybody else's opinion on that, because it, it, it's an interesting debate, that one. We just didn't look, didn't look right for some reason. The, the system, yeah. Yeah, it just didn't look right at all. Um, I noticed as well since I've seen the the game back, that was actually Watmore who was asleep for their goal. Yeah. Um, they got him behind and he tried to get back. And yeah. Regardless of his pace, uh, he struggled because he he gave him at least I think it was about five five yeah. yards head start. I'm I'm really pleased with you know, Watmore's progress this season. It's nice to see a young lad coming through, especially somebody who seems... a massive learning curve, isn't it, as well? Yeah, he, he seems like a, a genuine lad as well, you know, he's got no airs of graces and, yeah. and all the rest of it, but in that game and against Southampton, I thought he was he was one of our weak points, if you're yeah, going to be honest. I, I think I think at the moment, in general terms, he's probably is an impact player. Off the bench, yeah. yeah um, you know, that, that the Watford defence just seemed to, to, to have the run of him. And although he's very fast and very direct, he, part of his problem is he's, he hasn't got any tricks. When That's he's, the thing when, as well, if he's, if he's going to be playing more in a midfield role, he's going to be expected to track, track his men, whereas if he's playing up front, you're going to get... You're going to have not as many responsibilities. Yeah, you might might get away with it that way. But off the yeah. bench, everybody thinking what more? Yeah, I agree minute? with that. Yeah. definitely. Yeah. Okay. So there's nobody even going to fight these cases otherwise. But it's interesting when you talk about the the strikers on the field. We're going to talk about Jermaine Defoe in a minute. But he's Samuel Dice on those lack of goals. I've missed a hat full of chances again, and um, it's taught me a lesson to keep my mouth shut. Because two weeks ago I said I think we've got goals in the team. I think we'll score enough goals. And certainly on the basis of Arsenal today, I've now got a doubt in my mind on, will we? Um, even with players like Jermaine Defoe and Stephen Fletcher, Fabio Barini, Young Duncan who scored a few, Adam Johnson, you know, there's, there's, you know, there's, we've all seen them, them lads score goals, you know, uh, but at the moment they're deserting us, and because they've deserted us, it's cost us um, dear over the last two games, and particularly this one. You touched on it earlier, Tom. Talking about lack of goals, Jermaine Defoe would solve that. I think this is the sharpest he's ever looked for Sunderland. For me, he has to play. If it's a 3-5-2, whether it's a 4-4-2, he needs to play and he needs to strike alongside him. Which is, anybody who listens to the show knows I'm totally going against my principles here. But unfortunately, I think with the squad we have, and with Allardyce's manager, because it is relevant who your manager is yeah. and what kind of system you play, for me, Defoe needs to play. Every week, he needs to find a way to get him on the, on the field. Yeah, I think Defoe needs to play and we also need to get back to what we have been doing before the Watford game of, of, of playing the two strikers because the, the, the lone striker role very rarely works out on a long-term basis. You know, Stephen Fletcher's had quite a bit of criticism in the last few seasons. Sometimes possibly deserved, but like a lot of the time, it, 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 it's just a lonely role. It wouldn't matter, you know, like... People sort of say sometimes sarcastic on the terraces if Messi was playing in front for Sunderland, he wouldn't score a lot of goals because a lot of it's about mm. service and about having somebody playing within at least a few yards of you, you know. I mean, because I've came on here before, again, I feel like I need to defend myself here because people might think I'm being a bit of a hypocrite, but a large part of my reasoning previously for, for not having two strikers on the field was because the midfielders Sunderland half, and I think Mavia makes a massive difference to that. 
way Dover midfielder who can sort of dictate play or certainly control the game and in and, and, and the absence of Lee Catamore because of that is sort of glaring again isn't it we have this every season James don't we where we get to a point where we think we might have moved away from Lee Catamore now we might have advanced past Lee Catamore and then he gets injured and you realise how much you miss him and we, we need him in the side still yeah yeah. I'm, I mean it, with the players that Sunderland have got as it stands um, uh, they need three mid, three central midfielders which is why he's playing this 3-5-2 mm. in order to play the two strikers if you're going to play two strikers you need three central midfielders and so this system w- works that way yeah. um, the, the big thing for me was uh, we're talking about whether Defoe should have should have um, started uh, against Watford we don't know how fit he was w- would he have been fit enough to start he'd missed the previous game with a hamstring problem you don't want that to go after 20 minutes and then him be mm. out for 6-8 weeks do you so perhaps you know, he wasn't fit enough to start. That could have been. It would be the only. What really surprised surprised me was that when he did come on, he replaced Stephen Fletcher. When yeah. we know that the best combination is Fletcher and Defoe. Mm-hmm. That was interesting. I thought it was weird as well. Oh, Barini was on the pitch for how long on Saturday? When did he get brought off? Uh, Sixty minutes. Sixty. 50, yeah. yeah. I think Defoe yeah. Defoe was on the pitch for something like ninety minutes. I remember yeah. glaring up at the scoreboard when he came on, and he yeah. made I think it was two clear cut chances. Yeah. And I remember him putting the ball through with Johnson, and Johnson passed it on to. Uh, Van Arnold. Yeah. Mm. So that's three good yeah. goal scoring opportunities he created there. But I mean, the, 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 Fabio Brini's been been a huge letdown yeah. this yeah, season. Yeah. Massive, yeah. massive letdown. That chance early on, that's another one that should have been in the back then. There. Yeah. If you feel if that was Defoe, yeah. that's a goal all day, isn't it? Do we still yeah. think Brini has the quality though? If that goes in, does that sh- if that goal goes in, does that change things? I think he Confidence? needs he needs a goal, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. I he think he's one. he's quite you know. He's quite an egotistical sort of lad, and I think he does need a couple of goals. He he he, he sort of wants to be loved. He, you know. I'm still dubious of the fact that he came back. I, I, I would have left him alone, to be honest. I think we asked him, we were almost on bended knees the previous close season, asking him to come. And he didn't want to come. And I think, you know, £10 million um, for a player with a limited goal scoring record for a club like Sunderland. And this is bringing a, like, another argument the likes of someone signing Rodwell for £10 million with the injury record that he had was such a like, massive gamble. Um, I think, I think Barini's got a lot to prove. You know mm-hmm. that he's that he's been worth the money to come back. I hope he does it because I think he's a generally he's an honest player and he does his graft and all the rest of it. But I think you need a bit of we need a bit of proper it's quality. Massive I think, irony, I think, isn't I think it? It's a bit of like a, a rose rose tinted glasses when when you look back to that mm. um, miracle season under Gus. You, people because he scored, you know, home and away against Newcastle and scored in the cup final uh, and scored five goals in six games at the end of the season or whatever it was, you forget that um, he finished up with seven league goals, three of them were penalties, and he only had one before that final uh, six games. It's an interesting thing, isn't it, how, how fickle football will be as well and how quickly opinions can change, because last season when we saw Defoe shunted out to the left, you would have swapped him for Barini in a heartbeat to go out and play that front left position. This season, yeah. you look at anything, right, we need goals and you want Barini on the field in, instead of Defoe. I mean, I watched... Um, I watched the Newcastle goals back the other day, as, as you do when you're bored to try and cheer yourself up. And um, I think I perhaps underappreciated Defoe's part in, in the opening goal, the ball he played Fletcher, mm. the quality he had just to get that ball, to get to that ball first and put him through. And I think he just has a little bit of a, a touch of class and a touch of quality that the others don't have at the moment. And I think that rubs off on the other players too. Mm-hmm. And you would have thought this would be, I know I'm going going back possibly over a pit of ground, but that this would be a priority for Sam yeah. now. I think he's I think he's took it all very professionally as well because you know if, if anybody at Sunderland could have an ego, it, it, it could be Defoe, um, you know, with his pedigree. But uh, he's he's taken being shunted out on the on the wing very well, and 
he's been dropped a few times, possibly unfairly, and he hasn't, you know, he hasn't said too much. And I just think if he is fit, I'll accept, you know, James's point about the fact he may not have been 100% fit on Saturday. But if he's fit, he's just got to start in our predicament. We're kind of pick and choose. When we were chasing the game late on, James, uh, last 20 minutes or so, and was getting on top, and you did get the feeling that it's, you know, the old cliche we could be here all night, we're not going to score. You did sense that, didn't you? You did think that, like, this isn't going to come. Um, did anybody want Jeremiah Lentz on the field at that point? I know he could have been because of the substitutions, but was anybody thinking, I, would, I wouldn't mind saying, because we were getting the ball in the right areas, yeah. to foreshore what a little bit of quality that end of the field could have done, I just felt I had somebody like Lentz being there and we could have perhaps had a little bit more success as well. Um, I know he hasn't shown much generally yeah, enough mean, to warrant starting with his work rate. And I'm just talking about when, they, when you do have the momentum... If you're looking at the two of them, then you're looking at either Johnson or or Lentz, aren't you? And and Johnson okay. was on the pitch. Um, if you if you'd have put Lentz on instead of Johnson, mm. then then maybe you know who knows how it would have worked out. But well, I, this is a shame why you couldn't put him on because the tactical change had to make in the first half, wasn't it? Because he took he had to take Yedlin off because yeah. ideally he then could have yeah. had Johnson on and yeah. he could have had Defoe, and then he could yeah. could have took Watmore off, for example. Yeah. And put well, I think, what, on, I think Watmore and Tyvenin were both very lucky to still be on yes, the pitch at the but end. But it's the substitute. It was a tactical substitution, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. I mean, the only thing he could have done was possibly replace uh, Tyvenin with Gomez. Yeah. But. I think That's we've all, I think we've seen with Lens he's got he's got the ability but sometimes he's you know the old cliche the body language when when we've been behind a few times he just looks totally hacked off and you, you Allardyce is of all managers somebody just won't tolerate that sort of attitude so I can understand where yeah absolutely he's keeping him on the bench and he's probably is waiting for you know the situation where he's going to come on and and, and do his work and score a goal and look the part um, whether he thinks he's a bit of a big fish in a small pool I, I don't really know but he he, he definitely from Earlier in the season, he just needs to get his attitude right. You just think if Allardyce is talking about goals, lack of goals being a problem, then he's going to be one who, who's capable of scoring. He's oh, going to saw that goal he, he scored he, against yeah. West Ham, didn't yeah. we? Yeah. And know, even yeah. if it means sacrificing yeah. other players to, yeah. to put more hard work on players behind him yeah. to yeah. accommodate him, it's going to have to be. Cause it, yeah. Yeah, it's almost like you have two extremes with Watmore and Lentz, don't you? Mm-hmm. You kind of feel like Watmore's far from the finished article, but he'll mm-hmm. give you all this energy and work rate, but he's very raw. And you feel like Lentz does actually have that genuine... Touch yeah. of quality, but he doesn't have the work rate. What yeah. more puts in? That's the same old problem we have at Sunderland. Isn't yeah, it? I mean overall we seem to have like lots of attacking options, you know. Um, but it seems to be at the moment he's still working out who who to have in the team and who who not to have. Um, I, I'm still of the opinion with the squad that we've got. Although it's not brilliant, we shouldn't be anywhere near where we are. I agree. But yeah. it's it's incredible when you look as well. I mean, Sam made a made a point last week uh, that. Had Sunderland beaten Watford, they would have taken 12 points from his first eight games in charge. Mm-hmm. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Um, which would, you know, uh, be mid-table form. If you get a point and a half out of, out of across the course of the whole season, out of your games, then you end up with nearly 60 points, and you know that's going to be enough to um, to get you into yeah. Europe. Right? James, you've just segued us into the next Allardyce bit. Uh, <laughs> we should have put the points in the bag today to make it. If we could have done um, 15 uh, points out of and 12 points out of eight, and 15 points out of 16. We'd all be going home very happy today, and the difference is mega. What we've done today has made a mega difference to the problems we now have. We've created ourselves our own problems today, and uh, and that's put us right back in deep in the deep in the mire where we could have easily relieved the pressure on us all, and particularly on the players themselves, and they failed to do yeah, that. Yeah, you did have a feeling, Tom, didn't you? That this was not so much a must-win game, Sam was saying a six-pointer, but I think a must-not-lose game. Certainly, at that point would have made a big difference, as he says. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's been interesting the last week. You know, probably four banker games. Um, probably, you know, Bournemouth beating Chelsea away, yeah, and beating Man United. They turned and, it by and, Munich, Bournemouth, and Newcastle. So. And then, you know, Newcastle for all the banter between the two clubs, people, even their fans, were saying they were almost dead and buried. They were getting that disillusioned with their situation when they got tanked off Leicester at home. Uh, and to give them credit, you know, they've come out and they've beaten Liverpool, who did look awful, and they've beaten Tottenham, who looked awful. But then you kind of you can't blame it on the opposition. They've, you know, they've, they've won two games against two good clubs, and somewhere along the line, we need to start getting a few of these results like against the grain a little bit, like we mm. did, you know, a couple of seasons ago, and we stayed up when we beat Chelsea. We're still hopeful that Allardyce will bring that, though. I think because you, you, it's interesting you mentioned Newcastle now, and I, again. There has been a distinct lack of quality. I think the, the difference with them is they've just started to put the work in and, and let the yeah. quality take care of itself, which is what should be the yeah. should be the, the sort of basic, shouldn't it? Yeah. With Allardyce, you do sense that he will always get that from his players. And I think, I think it's, been like players a, it's been a mad season, hasn't it, so far? I mean, look where Chelsea are in the league with the, with the squad they've got and the, the results are just... Man City haven't really impressed in relation to the money you know they've spent. I mean, they keep going on about it, Aguero is playing, but you know, they, they've spent multi-billions... Um, on place and there's nobody, you know, Man United are getting criticised left, right and centre but can still win the Premiership. That's the thing, so isn't it? Right? It's been crazy. I think out of our next three games, Chelsea in particular, you just look at that game and think there's a possibility that we can get a result out of that game. That's, if we play like we did against <laughs> Arsenal. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it was one game where Chelsea are going to get it right True. And, and, yeah, and, and turn the season. <laughs> but around. it might suit us better if we're playing more like a sitting sort of formation and trying to hit on the counter-attacks. That's where we've been more, well, that's arguably why, where we've been more like successful, but that's more of a, that's more of a six pointer than the Watford game. You could argue. Yeah, yeah. true. Yeah, yeah. I think we've got to get we've got to get the Watford game out of the system because in the three games before that we played very well. Mm. Yeah, we, I mean, we should have we should have beaten Arsenal, uh, you know, comfortably really, um, and then you know as I say the previous two games were there were great results, got everybody high. But it's been it's going to be like that you know between now and the end of the season. I mean Newcastle dead and buried now they're not. Bournemouth were looking as though they were going to be sort of you know. We only get eleven thousand, and that you know players haven't got experience. So they've, they've sort of had the, you know, the when they first came up, had some great results, and then things were starting to flop. But then they've, you know, they've turned the corner again. So it's just, uh, 
it's unpre- it is unpredictable. Mm. But it's a reminder what six points and back-to-back wins can do for you. That's one thing I always thought Allardyce would do when he comes. He's going to get us back-to-back wins. He did. Look at the impact it had. But then suddenly bloody Newcastle and Bournemouth go and do it. And equally, you see the impact it does. Now, it depends what kind of person you are. A glass half empty, glass half full. Do you look and say, well, we're capable of getting back-to-back wins and doing that? Or you think, oh, actually, the other teams are, are not rolling over for us. We're going to have to really work for this one. Yeah. Because Villa, bless them, at the minute, Look like they're giving everybody a bit of a break, and yeah. and it could be like two rather than three. You you worrying about places? Yeah. Yeah. It looks that way. I mean, Villa have got a, a massive Christmas program ahead of them, haven't they? Newcastle next um, week. Uh, yeah, they've got mm. uh, Newcastle, uh, Sunderland in yeah. January, and they've, they've got another of uh, the relegation um, strugglers, haven't they, over Christmas as well? So you know that they've got three three huge games coming up now um, for them, and, and we'll probably know a lot more about the picture um, after that game against Sunderland. Are people craving for the transfer window yet? I think things are bad, or do we think there's enough there? Uh, I, 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 I always think January is an awkward transfer window anyway, because you know, clubs don't want to lose the best players if they're challenging for something, and they don't want to lose the better players you know, if, if they're possibly going to get relegated. Um, I think it's centre, centre back and a centre midfielder. Yeah. I think that's what we need the most, yeah. especially with our in, injuries at the minute. Yeah. Just, I mean, it's a big, it's a big shout for you know for Ellis Short because if, if God forbid, we were to get relegated, then he's going to have like a huge wage bill. So does he go out and buy a couple of big name players or whoever it is, you know, who command decent yeah. wages in January? Um, I think, like we've said, it, in an attacking sense, we look fine. We've got plenty of options. Mm-hmm. It's just at the other end when we get hit, hit by injuries like we have at the weekend, you can tell on yeah. the pitch. Yeah, I mean, can't mention centre midfield. I think without giving Jack Rodwell a mention. Um, we seem to have been here before with Jack. Where we say that I was, I was just about yeah. to say we seem to have been here before with Jack. Where we say that was probably the best he's played, and he never quite managed to kick on. But there was a moment, wasn't the first half, when he, he made that sliding tackle, he won the ball, and it lifted yeah. the stadium, and it lifted his confidence. With Jack, I almost feel like you want to say just just get stuck in, lad, and 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 if any extra quality will look after itself mm. after that, like what I've just mentioned about Newcastle, for example. He's almost playing with this sort of fear, generally, as if he's worried about what kind of player he is, and it's yeah. getting it's getting to him a little bit. You're I think right. on Tom Saturday, Cleverley was a little bit like that. On Saturday, he, way at Everton. he looked hungry when I was watching him. Whereas you hear a lot in games that have been that he, the games go past him, hmm. like he doesn't impact yeah. the game. But on Saturday, he was quick. Where he looked yeah. quick, sharp. Hmm. He made a few good tackles, and he was dry, yeah. he driving with the ball from the exactly, field as well, which is something we've never seen. Exactly. So, and, and, and it comes down to involving yourself in the game, yeah, doesn't exactly. it? Yeah. By by putting the tackles in, by getting stuck in, then suddenly you're involved in the game. Yeah. And if you're a good football player, that's going to take care of itself. Yeah. You he will express yourself automatically after yeah. that. Yeah. He, he, pr- he probably never admitted, but could, you know, due to the number of injuries he's had, and the, you know, he's had some pretty lengthy periods out. There'll be a lot, of, a lot of stuff going on in his head as well, psychologically, about you know, whether he over, overdoes it, it and you know gets injured again. And but it would be good, you know. I think he's a genuine again. He's a genuine lad and a genuine player, um, and it would be good to see. He's him obviously got talent, good. hasn't he? Uh, obviously got talent. Yeah. yeah. Well, we remember him, yeah. can't we? Yeah. yeah. But it's interesting with, it, with with that dilemma now, isn't it? Because you have we're seeing now we're desperate for centre midfielder, but he has got options there, and he keeps playing Tyvenon as well. Gomez, of course, is still available. Mm-hmm. Does he? Does he? Chop and change. It's interesting, isn't it? Because we just genuinely, genuinely don't know what Allardyce is going to do. I remember on Saturday night as well after the game when we were out there, we were discussing what, where, where is he going to play? What, what player is he? Is he a holding midfielder? Is he going to be that one who drives forward with the ball and helps the right forwards? Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. What, what is he? <laughs> yeah. 
do we say? I mean, he's, he, he's got a goal threat, James, hasn't he? What, yeah, he's good when in he, he's got he gets forward. Yeah, and he's certainly got the ability. He's, his problem has always been his, his injury record. But this is I know that Sunderland paid a lot of money for him, £10 million, and, you know, argue, well, not arguably, overpaid for him. But um, the thing is... You're not going to get a player of Jack Rodwell's quality if he's at the very top of his game. He's going, he's going to be at Manchester City mm. or he's going to be at Everton. Um, you know, he's he's, he's <coughs> at Sunderland because he, you know, he's got this chequered injury record, the same as um, Jan and Villas at Sunderland because he he had a questionable disciplinary record. Do you know what I mean? The, mm-hmm. You know, top players are at top clubs unless there's a reason. Do we but, almost feel then that he, he perhaps needs to start the next game if he's if he's quite fragile mentally, where he comes on and change? Maybe not change the game, but he was certainly yeah, he was definitely yeah. significant in the turnaround, wasn't he? And and then if you think okay, well, I'm still not going to get in the team yeah. ahead of somebody like Tyvan, and if you know if he's not very uh, yeah. mentally strong, then that, that's not going to help. You almost feel like you say, okay, this is your chance now. You've got to take it. Yeah, I think if Catterall and Larson remain injured for the next few weeks, he'd probably come in anywhere because you know we're not we're, we haven't got like a lot to choose mm. from. I think his big Allardyce's big decisions now are over the likes of Tyvan and Watmore and bringing Defoe back in. I think this. He needs to make a few changes. It wouldn't surprise me to see um, Duncan Watmore back on the bench at Chelsea. It wouldn't surprise me to see Rodwell stay in the team, uh, possibly leave Tyvan and out. I mean, Tyvan, I thought, had his best game against uh, Arsenal, Arsenal the previous yeah. week, and then he had, you know, one of his worst games probably, uh, you know, at the weekend against Watford. So uh, you, you just don't know from from one game to the next uh, how, what you're going to get. How long are Catamaran left? I know Larson's definitely out for the New Year, James. How about Catamol, do we know? Uh, there's no time scale been put on that, but uh, they certainly don't want to rush him back. Um, I because, want to rush him back. <laughs> uh, I know you want to rush him back, but uh, the fear is that he's got this back problem that's quite long-standing, and if they rush him back, uh, he could um, he could end up needing an operation, and that'll mean months out. So, uh, you know, better off resting him for, for, for a few weeks and hoping that you don't lose him for a few months. And what about Kabul? I know it's early in the week, do we know? Well, that was just... Down to illness, so I, yeah. I see no reason why he wouldn't be. See, I don't know any of this re- because when someone loses, I just put my head in the sand and don't like. <laughs> listen, I don't, I don't watch. I haven't watched yeah. the game back. I haven't read anything. Yeah. I've never read. Yeah. So yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that uh, he'll be, he'll be fit for this weekend. I haven't heard otherwise. Because anyway. it's just again, getting back to the formation thing. I think it's just interesting. Didn't Allardy say if one of those three centre halves was fit, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go back to the. The back and yeah, it was interesting that he decided to play Billy Jones yeah. um, there rather than Wes Brown. Um, you know, a specialist centre half. Uh, you know, because we saw Jones at Everton, or he even played Rodwell, who can play centre half. Jones, he was, he was culpable for one of those goals yeah. as well. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he could have played Wes Brown in in there. I know Wes was uh, was poor against Everton um, in a back three, but he had John o- he has John O'Shea uh, alongside him or would have had against Watford um, which which wasn't the case but Tom uh, Beadland came back at the end scored for the under 21s he did but he's you been out for a long of, long time you saw much of him James what, what do we think Cause I like I've seen him seen him for the reserves not today obviously they mm-hmm. were at Norwich but um, I say reserves under 21s sorry old school <laughs> um, yeah uh, you know he's, he's, he's a good lad but I think he's a long long way away from, okay. from being ready for, for the Premier League get him in the team <laughs> <laughs> play the kids yeah, play the kids. Anything anybody wants to say going forward, Tom? How sort of optimistic are you? I'm quite quietly optimistic because I just think Allardyce has got a, you know, he's got this reputation and like a proven record um, for, for getting teams out of this sort of situation before. He, he did sound at times between the lines on that um, the interview that you've played, but he did seem a little bit 
downcast when he, he mentioned about the goal scorers, and I don't know if we'll have got them anymore. Um, but that's maybe just an immediate post-match yeah. disappointment. Um, <clears throat> but I, I, I think if we are going to sign, you know, some players in January, they've, they've just got to be absolutely spot on. You know, maybe two or three players, primarily defensive players. I'd, st I'd, I'd still be looking for a left back personally. Um, I think Van Arnold's done. He's done. He, he did well in the wing back system. Do you think that's a priority, he, though? Pardon? Really? Do you think that's a priority? I know he's not great, and we've he's had a tricky start of the season. I think wing back is certainly he's his position rather than left back. So really keep, yeah, that, do we not need a look as Guy mentioned through the spine of the side? I think yeah, definitely. We definitely need a, a centre half and somebody. That, if if Cotton Mall and Larson, as I say, are going to be injured for a few weeks, they need somebody to play in with MV in the middle of midfield. Kevin Norman, uh, hey. Kevin Holland. Well, oh, yeah. <laughs> please. <laughs> I know, but I just—I don't know if it's just blind faith. I'm taking a leap of faith here and Sam, but I just feel like hasn't he got a decent record? Centre midfielders. He's, he likes these powerful mm. centre midfielders, doesn't he? Yeah, I think that's why Rodwell could be the one. But I think when you, when you look at, at, at January, um, Sam's already, already said that it's going to be loan deals that they're, that they're looking mm, that's, at that's, because yeah. because. In all honesty, when Sunderland are in the situation they are, you're going to struggle to attract good players because they don't know what what the what's going to come at the end of the season. Um, and so you are then left with two options: you either bring in good players on on a short-term basis on a loan, or you bring in poorer players who who will sign for you um, in January permanently. Um, but you don't want poorer players. Yeah. Who's his strike we're looking at as well? The French Sebastian Hallam. Yes, I yes. Know. I, I, know I know about him, James. I know I've seen the name, but I don't you know, think it's, it's all just. It's all just Utrecht. It's supposed to be like a sort of like a type of old school target man, but it's all just just rumor and, and yeah. speculation. Everybody, you know, it all gets starts cranking up now. Yeah, I've seen his name in the summer as well. We were mentioning. Yeah, yeah. Second midfielder. The thing is, as well these days, you're actually seeing it in the Premiership now. A lot of clubs have got money, and everybody's after the same. Players within reason, and it's that's why you've, you know there's only there's <coughs> not a lot of points sort of separating probably fifth or sixth bottom mm. from like fourth top. And then you see, as you say, all these clubs go after the same players. Yeah, I mean, you, see you need to suddenly persuade them to come north again. Yeah. But at least, I mean, at least we aren't cut adrift. I think we. It's hard to take the, each certainly each game in isolation and look at the big picture when. When you lose a couple of games and then bomb for Newcastle, go and win of it because mm. it compounds your misery, doesn't it? And you, and, yeah. you, and you can't help thinking like that. But I think if we just go back to when Sam first came and and, and me and Gareth on the show every week used to say, just don't be cut adrift at yeah. Christmas. Yeah. Now I certainly think you know we we've achieved that up to now. I know we've got some hard games coming up, mm -hmm. but I think perhaps we are regarding points and stuff. Con yeah. Considering we were above Newcastle uh, re recently as yeah. well. Which I don't think a lot of people would have expected no. after a while. And I it's, it's, I it's, think it's, it's, if you're in touch and distance, and yeah. you've, you've got January to kick on, I think. I think a lot of Sunderland fans are, are frustrated when they've seen teams who have basically come out of nowhere the last few years and sort of like really pushed on. You know, the likes of Southampton, Palace recently, even like looking at Watford. You know, we're actually yeah, have a look at Swansea. Look, everybody's Swansea, pin up boys. Yeah. Are on a, they're on a, the, yeah, they're, they're on the, free fall. The, yeah, but generally there's a there's a, a lot of teams with a. You know, a lot less support history, etc., etc. You know, we're not daft. We don't. We know we haven't got the money that Man City and Chelsea, Man United, etc., have got. But we, you know, we've spent a lot of money in, over the last what six, seven years, eight years since we got promoted. But we've never had a lot of excitement in that time. Things just haven't worked out. 
I mean, Watford had a sort of Defante type spending spree or, or, or player recruitment in the summer, um, but somehow they think they've got it yeah. right. You know? It shouldn't they work like that. It shouldn't, you know. Managers go in and get some promoted, get sacked. Yeah, yeah unbelievable. Yeah. And they bring a lot of players in. You think they brought far too many players in, they'll struggle. And so far, you know, they, mm. they might do a Swansea, they might start and flop. But uh, there's, there's a lot of clubs making some decent progress on the quiet. You just joke there, um, Gary, about Gus at Swansea. I actually think he'd do a really good job there. Just because, type, because just well, yeah, because he, because he wouldn't be signing his own players. Yeah. <laughs> he wouldn't be able to go and sign someone like Buckley, like Bridcut. And they've got a very aggressive system in place, haven't they, where they would yeah. say, right? Gus used to go on and players. on about, about Swansea because, because they play for football the way that he wanted to play football which he, but it, which he made someone play like that but it was, it was the recruitment wasn't yeah. it while he was but, there but the, the point that, that Gus made time and again was that Swansea had been playing that way for years they got it they started to put the, the yeah. building blocks in, in place when that, they were when they were in, in, division, in League Division 2 that's when true. they haven't got the same scrutiny on them where, they, where mm. every point isn't isn't vital so they were able to, to get a system and, yeah. and put it in place under Martinez yeah. and come up through the leagues uh, and, it, and it was still working for mm. them you know, until very, yeah. very recently. That, that, that is true, but having a good recruitment policy and transfer, even one transfer window is a little bit underrated, isn't it? Because if he, if he went to Swansea, for example, and then he took Bridcut there and he took Buckley there and he took Quattes there, that's going to weaken their side, isn't it? You can put it down to recruitment, it's going to weaken nice their team. side. But it is, though, isn't it? Yeah. I, know, I, I really like Gus Poyet. Really, I, I thought he was a but, lovely but bloke. Swan, to Swan, Swansea, are, Swansea I think are a classic. He had someone playing nice football. He Swans, nearly cracked it, didn't Swansea he? Swansea are a classic team that 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 where, you know whether 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 Hall adds up to more than the sum of the parts. You know, you look at some of the players that they've got. They don't have uh, many world beaters. You know, they've, but when you put them together and in, in a system that they know and they play a style of, of football that they're comfortable with, yeah. you know, they they they, yeah. they get excellent results. Yeah. I think yeah. a lot of these clubs like Swansea, Southampton, Stoke, you know, Stoke signed some excellent players last summer. Exactly, they, they um, didn't build it up. They've, the got, a, they've, way, got, they've, they've got a bit of a plan. They've got a bit of a strategy yeah. where we we've just been too scattergun with like managerial approach, play, you know, player player recruitment mm-hmm. rather, um, <clears throat> and just absolute lack of stability. I think Allardyce again, you know, he's, he's already brought all this backroom stuff in, and I think that uh, he, he will, you know, whether we get relegated or not, I think that he, he will build some proper foundations. Here. That's a good place to go out on, I think. Unless anybody has anything else to add. You see, I, I like the way that I introduced, you know, intru- introduced right at the very start with the negative note, but Tom's finished on a high. So. Why not? <laughs> exactly. And that's as good a reason good as. Yeah. yeah, a good place as any to go out. Thanks <laughs> for listening over and out. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 